Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. One of the things I get asked about a lot is influencer marketing. You know, how do you go about it? How and where do you identify influencers? How does it work? And we've talked about it in the past, but it's still such a gray area. It's still a thing I think a lot of people have just not uh, dipped their toe into, or if they have, like they've done it as a one-off and then uh, not pursued it as a, a big formal program. But I think now, as we see people looking for alternatives to some traditional online marketing. Uh, okay, so I'm talking about Facebook, of course. As we see our, our ROAS dropping in Facebook, we're looking for other channels where we can uh, see better returns, where we can launch new products, whether we're an existing brand or a new brand. And so I have a, a gentleman here who is going to talk to us about his experience doing just that. A man who eats, lives, sleeps, breathes influencer marketing, uh, Cody Wittick co-founder and co-CEO at Kinship. It's a influencer marketing agency, but all right. So clearly let's, he has an agenda, but he knows what he's doing because listen to this. He began his journey at Coilo, which is the brand that created those silicone wedding rings. I'm sure you've seen these before. And while he was there, this is where he cut his teeth in e-commerce, built out an influencer program with 500 influencers through a concept uh, called product seeding and contacted thousands of micro influencers resulted in UGC content, and then ended up working with household names like LeBron James, Jason Aldean, Mike Trout, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And so he knows the ability of influencers to build trust and sell product and how you can leverage that to make your Facebook, Instagram, your meta ads work better. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going with saying meta. It's easier than saying Facebook and Instagram. I'm not going to fight it anymore. It's just meta. Uh, so, Cody, Mr. Wittick, how are you doing? Kurt, thanks so much for having me. My uh, my pleasure, because this is, I'm I'm happy to have you here, both for two reasons. There is a, a overlap here. People ask me about influencer marketing. I have sure. never done it myself directly, so it's not something I'm really comfortable speaking to, but I know the power of influencers. And you, uh, having done it and had tremendous success and seeing that success going you know, uh, all in on it with your own influencer marketing agency. So, all right, I, I touched on how you got started with mm -hmm. influencer marketing. Tell me that story 
in your words. I'm sure you do a better job than I do. Yeah, what was missing was all the mistakes that I made and money wasted <laughs> as well. Um, so very crafted bio by me. But um, no, nonetheless, I, yeah, we worked with a lot of those macro names. Um, I came from a background, athletic background. So I kind of just was always interested in influencer marketing. It wasn't really a term when I started. Um, so that kind of just shows you the growth that we've had in the past eight years or so. Um, but yeah, 2014, 2015, the rise of Instagram itself kind of paired with that was the explosion of influencer marketing. And so back in the day, almost like back in the day on Facebook when ROAS's were like 11, um, and it was easy to do Facebook, uh, same thing with, with, with influencers, it was the opportunity to see an audience and pair that with giving them a discount code and seeing all these thousands of dollars of sales. What happened was though, was I got pretty addicted to that thrill. Um, and we got, I mean, it wasn't just me, but also our marketing team of just working with macro influencers that cost a lot of money back in the day and some worked and some didn't. Um, and hopefully they all averaged out, but yeah, my last year at Kalo, we had a $1 million influencer budget. Whoa. Um, and I, I think that would be large today. It was definitely large back then. That just shows how much we were investing in influencers and how integral it was to growing the brand. And so you mentioned mistakes. What mistakes did you find you made? Hindsight being 2020. Yeah. The example I like to bring up is um, we had an opportunity to work with Bryce Harper, who's you know still a major star in Major League Baseball. And there's something called Facebook on Facebook that they don't have anymore uh, called Audience Insights. And you can go into Audience Insights and you can see based on all your past purchasers and all your data, customer data, basically everything that was available to you at that time. And it showed a lot of crossover with Major League Baseball. Audience um, Insights was so cool and so <laughs> powerful. And I, yeah, I'm exactly. so sad it went away. <laughs> It was just, it was just interesting. It showed you all like all these related stores and like it informed like retail decisions for us. But anyways, we had a lot of interest in major league baseball. We had an opportunity to work with Bryce Harper. Um, and yeah, it, it, it flopped it, big time. Um, <laughs> we, you know, this was, it was just something that I was just going to, I thought was going to kill it. We were going to like make so much money. Like I mentioned, we were doing all these macro video testimonials, leveraging that on Facebook. Um, and it, and it flopped. I, I, and I think a lot of people think that just because you have a macro name, it's just going to do well, you know, you're going to get all these sales. I think people still think that way. Um, and I certainly did with that. And I was making certain decisions based on some data with audience insights and things of that nature that it was telling me that Major League Baseball would be a huge interest for the audience of Kalo. But yeah, what happened was the creative sucked, which is the biggest variable to success. And um, the name wasn't, you know, enough to, to leverage sales. So I think that is, that's been my, my experience too, is people assume that if you have an, a big name, especially if you have like an A-list name, a household name, right. that that is just instantaneous success. That just <laughs> the sheer fact of having a celebrity near associated to the brand, just people are immediately hypnotized and they're gonna hand over their wallet. And it just isn't the case. You right. still have to do the work and the messaging, positioning, product market fit. All the same things still matter. You just have, you know, if you get it right, 
you have access to this person's audience and endorsement and ah, suddenly it clicks, but mm -hmm. it is no guarantee at all. And it certainly just doesn't work on its own that you're right. That is a huge misconception. Totally, totally. And I, I mean, it's, it, it worked back in the day, but it just doesn't work anymore. And so what got you there isn't, isn't going to get you where you want to go. And it, that's the trap that I certainly fell into at my days at Kalo. So what year was that? When we worked with Bryce, um, it was like 2016, 17 ish. Okay. So we're saying we're about five years later. How have things changed? Well, certainly the social algorithms have changed. Um, so it's, it's harder to win organically. Um, and so that's why I'm such a believer in leveraging and repurposing content other places for brands, just because you know, you have, you have so many more places that you can place this content versus just one audience. And with the social algorithms and the percentage of the percentage of the percentage that actually see that organic post, um, it just, it's a lot harder. You have to be way more consistent with that person. So hence why you need to create a community with, of people that are going to be consistent with your product. Um, you know, you've, you've seen certain things like influencers partner with brands and equity deals. And those are certainly macro, you know, things happening at the macro level, like Mr. Beast starting their own brands and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, you've certainly, what's changed is it's certainly like the market the influencer marketing landscape has grown considerably. Like it's, it's just going to continue to grow um, from here on out, in my opinion. So as you're right, I think we've, we've hit a, a new stage where now it's not just like, I don't even think influencer is accurate anymore. I think the, the broader term that I've seen and liked is creator economy that just combines everyone who, who's creating content. And it's just, because essentially we all have access to the same tools. You have a, a smartphone and that's it. You've got, now you have access to be a creator here. You could, and with enough consistency of posting, ah, you achieve this influencer status, which really we're just saying like, you have an audience. That's all right. influencer means. Right. You're a hired, uh, hired gun. You rent out your audience a little bit. So you mentioned uh, content, community, maximizing it. I like the direction you're going there. How? How do I maximize the value of this content and the value of my the time I'm spending uh, building out relationships with influencers? Well, I'll start with that that second question you mentioned there of how to start with influencers. I would say it's through influencer seeding. You kind of threw that term, but all that essentially means seeding. Is, yeah, what is seeding? It's sending out product for free. So it actually comes from the term broadcast seeding where you're, you're, it's a farming term. <laughs> I'm from Orange County, so I have zero personal experience with this actually. But um, what I hear <laughs> is that broadcast seeding is literally you just throw seed on the ground. Some will sprout up into crop and some won't, but the more that you do it, the more crops that you have. So essentially it's the same thing with influencer seeding is the seed is your product. Um, a free gift to the influencer that you hope to sprout up into crop, meaning you hope that that product is the initiation that it turns into a long-term relationship. In my opinion, and uh, what we found is that it's, and what I found at my days at Kalo too, like even the Bryce Harper example, but we worked on a cheaper deal because it started with seeding. I was seeding him product for, for a year, you know, building that relationship and it ended up working out. Same thing, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, you know, it, it ends up in cheaper deals because the, the macro loves the product. 
So tying it back into just your normal everyday influencer, kind of like no matter the tier, I would still say start that relationship by getting the product into their hands because you want you want the product and brand to be the advo- the thing that drives advocacy. And that's what I think leads to authentic content. So when you're, you know, your first question of just actually leveraging the content, it's actually leading to the authentic content because they're posting on their own free will. Um, and we can break down exactly how seeding looks like as well. But essentially, but it is sending your product out for free to initiate a relationship with an influencer. It sounds like, yeah, you sent the product for free to Dale Earnhardt for a year, Dale Earnhardt Jr., sorry, for a year. Mm-hmm. And that turns into content, but also a an authentic long-term relationship and potentially partnership. Exactly. Exactly right. And it, and it all goes back to exactly how you start to that initiation. It's like, hey, Kurt, I'd love to send you my product for free, but in exchange, you owe me 17 posts <laughs> or whatever the number is. And that's how most people go about it. And so... What we would say is actually not asking for anything, but just letting the product and brand speak for itself. And in the same way that some seed doesn't rise to crop, but the more that you do it, the more that you have. Yeah, some influencers are not going to get it and they're not going to be a huge fan, just like your customers, FYI. Um, But the more that you bring in sales, the more that you advertise, the more customers and community that you have. Same thing with influencers as well. It's like you're going to identify true brand advocates the more that you can get your product out there. So some people receive the product, and it's just not for them. They're not going to get it. Others will get it, receive the product, and they'll like it. They'll understand it. And if you believe in the product, right, you should be able to do this with confidence. You know, send it out to to influencers to see. <laughs> Let's hope so. I mean, in theory, they could get it and be like, "This is the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen," and it turns into like some horrible campaign for you. I don't think that really happens that often. Has that no. ever happened? No. No. Okay. So the really the only risk is I send the stuff out and they don't post about it like I never hear again it's just gone. Right. But if I'm doing it at a large enough scale, mm-hmm. you know, I just need to be hitting more wins than losses. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and what we found is like you should expect 20% of your outreach people should like say so for every 10 people you know, you should at least have two people that are interested in your offer. And again, your offer is like completely palms down. It's a free gift. There's no post required. You're mentioning that in your outreach. So you should have at least 20% of people saying, yeah, sure. Like I'll take it. Like, here's my address, like that type of thing. Um, you know, depending on the brand, like we work, happen to have the pleasure of working with the M&Ms. You have some credibility there that maybe you're getting more opt-in at that point. Yeah, if you reach out to me and you're like, hey, I want to send you some personalized M&Ms, like, all right, deal. And that's, that's what it was, it was personalized M&Ms, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. So if the strategy is like product seeding, I mean, hey, reach out to a bunch of influencers, offer to send it to them, right. no strings attached, and we assume one in five is going to take it, and then we ship it out. How many, how do I find, like, who do I know is the right person? How am I finding these people and deciding? Yeah, great question. There's a couple free tools at your disposal. So Meta for Creators works with like Instagram and Facebook. Those are free, that's free to free um, that you can look up. It used to be called Facebook Brands Collabs Manager. TikTok Creator Marketplace for TikTok influencers and Instagram itself. I mean, I used to spend hours like days before all these free tools or or discovery tools were out there. That was my only tool to find influencers to seed product to. Um, but drop down arrow. So you go to a specific profile and it feeds you algorithm picked influencers. They're all posting similar things. 
Um, and then there's obviously paid tools that, that you can find influencers on. Um, there's thousands of them. But yeah, that's where you find them. How you actually pick them when you get there is a whole different question. And I would just yeah. say that you you definitely need quantitative metrics that match your brand demo and your customer demographic and things like that. And those sometimes aren't on the free tools themselves. Um, they are on Meta or TikTok Creator Marketplace. But when you find them, you want to prioritize them as being great video content creators. That's that's the number one thing that you should be looking for. That's like a qualitative metric. So checking out their YouTube, checking out their Instagram story highlights, how good are they creating content? Because it goes back into, you know, several minutes ago when you brought up like actually repurposing content and placing the content elsewhere. So, so it, that, that's, that's how they built their audience, right? That's how most built their audience is based on their video content creation ability. Interesting. So it, a lot of it is... It, subjective it's gut feel like i i go and if i f they have an audience it feels like the right fit and they have they're, just, they're good at making content they have good polished content that gets engagement like i see that with my own eyes if i engage with it other people will too mm -hmm. yeah and then i mean it's it's thumb stopping like are they thumb stopping to you <laughs> i love, uh, love and the are they doing thumb stoppers and are they doing it frequently enough? Like, is it not just like one time, but you see it all over their feed? You, like you have proof of concept so that if I seed you my product, more than likely, if they love it, they're going to get on camera and talk about it in an authentic way. And that's when um, you can leverage that content elsewhere. And part of it is because people like that. They, I think two things are going on with the, the creator or influencer themselves is, A, they have built that habit of, when something is interesting to me, it'll probably be interesting to my audience. And so I'm mm -hmm. going to create that content and share it. And so mm -hmm. there, you want people who are in that habit, that, that flow. And uh, those people also understand, you know, maybe not consciously, the content hole must be filled. Like you just have to keep, that's the catch to being uh, totally. one of these influencers. You really just have to keep posting. Yeah. Content is king, right? It's the, <laughs> what Gary Vee preaches all the time. That's it's true. Yeah. yeah, I'm not about to question Gary Vee. Accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme. Or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake. Common myth. Shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store. Untrue! They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify App Store or visit rewind.com. All right, so I reach out, identify these people. There's some, there are tools to find yeah. them, free tools to find them, probably paid tools to do deeper analysis. There's some gut feel here, but really I'm looking for like, do they make solid content? Right. And then I reach out, hey, I want to give you my, uh, we want, we like you. We want to sh share our, our product with you. No strings attached. Just all you got to do is give us your address. We'll send it to you. That's all right. I do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then there's steps after that. So you send them the product um they get the product you know you can track that obviously um on the back end 
And then you can follow up, you know, how are you liking the product? Maybe three days after they get it. Also too, like there's tools such as, there's a tool, a great tool that we use as an agency called Mighty Scout. And it's a social listening tool. Um, and then basically you would upload the influencer profile, their handle into the, into Mighty Scout. And it's going to, it's a, it's going to start tracking them. And so if they mention your brand handle or hashtags that you feed it, it's going to pull that content and even stories, it's going to keep that content past 24 hours. Um, and at that point, that's when you can reach out for content rights. Hey, Kurt, thank you so much for posting again. It was their own decision. So, um, and then you can ask for content rights to leverage that within Facebook and Instagram ads, which is what we would recommend or, you know, wherever places that you're currently winning on paid search or paid social, just asking that explicitly. And what we found just because we start the relationship the right way, we see like 90% of influencers will grant those rights for free. Hmm. Again, we're not forcing them to do anything. We're just simply asking. So it's a yes or no question at every step of the funnel. It's like, hey, do you want to receive this free gift? Yes or no. If they opt in, great. We send them the gift. If, if they post, that's completely up to them. There's no pressure. There's no requirement. There's no contract. Yes or no. When they post, when we reach out for content rights, completely up to them. We say we see 90% say yes. And then that's when we leverage that content within within ads. So, all right. So that's the, once I have that content and they've said, Hey, Hey, yeah, you could reuse it. Then I'm going to, let's say they posted the story. I could cut that up and use that in a story ad. I could use that in Instagram and Facebook ads, that story placement. I could probably, you know, depending on what it looks like, I could probably crop it and reuse it inside other ad placements. And then, you know, maybe I could pull a still frame from it. And now that's content that I could mm -hmm. use, um, in, you know, a product detail page. You're right. There is, I could really get a lot of extra mileage out of this, can't I? Right, yeah, and I just think about it in the sense that going back to them as a social audience on their organic feed, it's just like one place that you can place the content. That's the influencer's only place that they can place it, but the, you, the brand, have like at least three to five other places that you can place content. And so if you wanted rights to all of those places, like email or a PDP page or specifically Facebook, Instagram ads, then that's where you need rights to use it. But it's like a more diversified portfolio versus like one stock. So that's why we want to diversify and place the content elsewhere. But you brought up a great point about like reformatting the content. We re reformat the content 9 by 16 one by one depending on what it currently is in it. And then caption the content because most of it is video. Going back to like, you know, you're picking these people based on their video content creation ability. So if you send products, you're sending it to great video content creators. So the majority of the content that you do receive back should be video content. So hence why you shouldn't caption it. And then how are you for captioning it? It's a bit like video. You're right. Most people video has a high engagement, but also most people are muted. So when I do video, we do we burn in the captions. Um, I use Rev to do that. Is mm -hmm. that what we're discussing here? Yeah. I mean, we use uh like there's a great cost effective tool called Capwing that does captioning. I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something, something pretty low end. Um, there's obviously like Adobe Premiere for editing content or things like that. But um, yeah, 92% of consumers watch video without sound. So you got to caption the content. Um, that's super, super important. It's funny. You'll see comments on like on Reddit. A video, an interesting video will be there. It doesn't have captions. And there's lots of people who are like, you know, I watched it, but I don't know what they're saying. And they're asking in the comments as opposed to listening to it. <laughs> and then I, I was like, those people are idiots. And then I realized I started doing the same thing. 
Yeah, isn't that bizarre? But I guess I'm not alone. Yeah, you're not. You're in the vast majority of people. So if you're not going that extra, like with the video content, if you're not going that extra step of making sure, like, does this absolutely make sense without sound? You know, does it make sense muted? You really shoot yourself in the foot. Uh, 100%. <laughs> okay. So I'm able, I like this strategy a lot. What's the next step here? You also make it seem very easy. Like, I know there's a ton of work here. There's, oh my gosh, you know, spreadsheets yeah. are getting updated daily. But yeah. what's, the, what's the next step? Next step with the influencers or with the content itself? Oh, man. Uh, all right. So at this point, I've got yeah, this yeah. content. It's in ads. I'm guessing, and it's in, you know, maybe it's in my emails. Can I turn this? Can I leverage this further? Is there any? Yeah. How else? What else am I going to do with this? With the content itself? Yes. I would say, I mean, again, it goes back to like, we're only explicitly asking for rights for Facebook and Instagram ads. Um so that's where we place it on behalf of our clients and where majority of people do it. Um, but again, it goes back into like that message needs to be clear and asking like, hey, we want to leverage this with an email or on our website. Um, oh, so you do specifically call out like this is the placement we're asking permission for. Yeah. Because in theory, they could say yes to like a blanket request and then suddenly it ends up. Hey, can, can we reuse this content? It's just not really. It ends up, yeah, like in a TV commercial. Like it wouldn't. <laughs> I can see billboard. where it could go wrong. Yeah, billboard on the side of the freeway. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, that that's why we're explicitly clear. Again, it goes back into like the relationship building, right? Like we want to be authentic throughout the whole process. And so if you're really caring about like the long-term side of these relationships and, and seeding product and wanting to leverage this within a, you know, a community, then you just got to go about it the right way at every step. Um, so that's why we're explicitly clear. Like, so there's no misunderstanding of how we're using this content. So I heard that keyword community. Mm. I have become incredibly convinced that community is paramount to brand to the these big eight-figure brands. Many leverage community. Either it happened organically or they were able to foster it. How does this strategy play into community building? It, it's more human, right? Like the, <laughs> that's the thing about influence marketing. It's like, it's human compared to going into your Facebook dashboard and clicking a bunch of buttons or drafting up an email. Um, you're dealing with human beings at the end of the day. So you've got to treat it human first and relationship first. And so I think, you know, I talk to brand owners all day long and they all want community, but they all, the system to create you know, that outcome is a bunch of one-off posts. And they think that's creating community. Oh, look at all these people that are posting about me. And it's like, no, the thing that happens is you have a one-off post, you reach out and say, hey, we want to test this first before, you know, and then analyze performance. And then you realize that you're underwhelmed with the performance because you're putting all their stock in the organic performance of the content. And it's a bunch of vanity metrics and no sales come in. So then you just move on to another person and you just say, oh, she didn't work. Let's try him. TikTok didn't work. Let's try Instagram. Like all these comments reflect just a transactional nature. And so getting them the products, having the crops rise to the top and see exactly who's the big fans. So like, let's say, for example, the people that end up posting for free without you even asking, they're clearly a fan of yours at this point. 
now you have a pool of people, you know, let's say you've, you seed a product to 30 people, six of them end up posting. Um, you have six people that love you that didn't before. How you, that builds over time is a pool of people that have proven to be a big fan of you. How you leverage that pool of people is completely dependent on the brand. So some of it, sometimes it's affiliate program. Sometimes it's, you know, an ambassador page on their website and that's how, how it practically looks. But I, I think you just continue to foster that relationship. You know, you give them a seat at your table. You say, hey, what are some other influencers we should be working with that you know? Or you have include them in on product feedback. You know, this is all things that are maybe later down the line. But how you start is very important. That's why our strategy, I think, works uh, for brands long term. And in the short term, you're getting a ton of content and leveraging that and um, a ton of UGC, which is super important. But the long term effects is it actually is providing a it's growing a pool of people that love your brand without money or a contract driving advocacy, which I think all of the brand owners would admit that they don't want those things driving advocacy. They want actually like the product and brand to be the thing that drives advocacy. So, so you know, it's interesting I find about influencers. I think part of what's going on here is it, an influencer creator does develop a relationship with their audience, assuming they're not like a total sociopath. And I think <laughs> most people aren't. I think they are part of the attraction here, seeking human connection. Like mm -hmm. I, I was lucky enough to speak to someone who worked at Cameo and they said, hey, a lot of this is not about the money. It's about like, this is an easy way to connect with fans. I thought that right. was interesting. Right. So I think with, um, with influencer marketing, part of what's working here is no one wants to come across as inauthentic to their own audience. And so if they got that product for free and they, there was no strings attached and they genuinely liked it, that is going, that then has the highest chance of creating the best content versus you, it's a contract. I have to fulfill it. You paid mm -hmm. me to do it. I'm going to do it. And I always feel a little wrong about it because I've talked to other people where they say like, yeah, you get in these relationships and like the influencer will post the story, fulfill the contract and like make the post. And then 24 hours later, they delete the post. Is that like, because they, they will only go so far as they have to, they don't want to risk alienating their audience. Where, yeah. it, you know, the audience doesn't necessarily know, like, I got this thing for free and just like it versus, you know, it was an agreement. I, you have to, I suppose with FTC rules, you have to disclose it. Like, hashtag SponCon. Yeah, that is, yeah. I hadn't thought of it. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's just short-term thinking, right? Like, you're just settling, uh, you know, because it, but if the brand owner is basically saying, hey, I don't give a crap about community. I just want as much one-off posts and I'm just trying to get as many sales as possible. Then sure, like. But it's myopic, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to have that. All right, so we have brand, everyone says, oh, I want to be data-driven. We want to make data-driven decisions. <laughs> and what you're saying here is, look, for something like this, it is human and humans are squishy. There are some things you can't, like just won't work quantified as data and give you a good result. Just pursuing this as a long-term, I get the individual posts are the influencer marketing done over a long enough time say 12 to 24 months, that the end result of everything is the community. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and I guess that's what I was touching on earlier is like what that practically looks like is completely up to you. And that looks yeah, different. It's, it brand is very brand. brand dependent. Right. You know, so affiliate or like Gymshark, for example, has a massive affiliate network and they make a ton of money off their affiliate network. But the, guess what? They started with seeding. I mean, you read Ben Francis story on Gymshark 
all he did was see fitness influencers and go to fitness events and just get his product into the hands of fitness influencers at like expos and things like that. Um, it's just, it's the right way to go about it. You just got to start the right way. Now, if he started with, you know, Hey, I'll pay you a bunch of money. Like maybe he gets some ROI in the short term, but he doesn't end up with the community of influencers that like are obsessed with Gymshark that he has now, you know? So, you know, you could do worse than Gymshark. They did famously, they, they have a billion dollar valuation. There you so, go. like, if it worked for Gymshark, uh, <laughs> maybe it works for other brands as well. I'm feeling feeling pretty good. I'm feeling inspired here. <laughs> I love it. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Well, let's talk about kinship. This is your, your agency. Why the name kinship? I like it. It's K-Y-N-S-H-I-P. Yeah. That's because, you know, we can't do the normal spelling, right? You gotta <laughs> It wouldn't be a you know an internet business unless it had a goofball spelling or strange name. Right, exactly. One of the two. Yeah, I think essentially it's it just comes out it's within the name, right? Like um, it's a good reminder for how we want to treat our employees, how we want to go about treating our you know when I say our influencers, we don't represent any talent, but just like the influencers that we do interact with on behalf of brands, um, and then just the brands that we have you know, have the pleasure of servicing. Um, I think that's kinship and why we're trying to bring in a different philosophy on generosity, not, you know, asking, not transactional. Um, I think the ideal, <laughs> most families are probably are, are not uh, super, super generous or, out, but the ideal of family is that you are generous with one another. And um, so I think that goes into the name and one thing I just noticed, so the agency said it's kinship.co, but more interesting to me, I see you have a Shopify app that has, uh, it says kinship influencer seating. What's this thing do? So all it does is essentially zeroed out orders at scale. So if, if you're familiar with the Shopify ecosystem, then you know that to send out a zeroed out order, it's incredibly manual. Um, so our app just eliminates that process. And so when we, we, most of the time we're just downloading it onto our clients' stores for free and then actually taking the influencer send outs off their plate. And so when you have the scale, which we do seating and identifying 500 influencers, for example, you know, you get a hundred influencers opting in, that's a hundred products that you got to send out. Well, the app is essentially, you could send out in theory, all hundred at once, zeroed out completely for free, obviously, since you're sending it for free. So, um, on a one-off basis, obviously that's not as laborious for a hundred orders going out, but essentially it just does it in three steps. 
So it's uh, it's a workflow tool for this the specific task of I need because normally it'd be like all right I got to create uh, draft orders right uh, and then use that for fulfillment and like even if I have to do fifty of these it's gonna be time consuming to copy and paste one at a time versus this looks like I can upload uh, a spreadsheet. Yeah, you can upload your your customer data or like I mean they're basically customers at that point, but like all the addresses, things of that nature, you could do it one by one too. So if you have a new address um, or if they're already in the system, it's just going to pull them as customers. So it's just pulling in that um, that data. So yeah, the zeroed out draft, drafted order is like, you have to go get their address. You have to find the product. Like it, it takes like 15 minutes, 20 minutes times how many influencers you have. Just do the math on that. So Right. And so a lot of a lot of time saved there if you have that that painter problem in your life, and um, painting, I guess painting the picture too for like if you're gonna reach out, do all the labor of outreach, identifying influencers, outreaching to them, and then they finally give you the key information that you need to send out the product. Even if you're paying them to you know, and you need to get them the product, even if you you think our strategy is stupid and you're gonna pay them to do it. Um, the timelines of your influencer campaigns are very, very important. And so like the quicker that you can get them the product, the quicker you stay top of mind. Um, so that's why our tool is created. And so I could, if you've given us your, the playbook, the strategy, but let's say I don't want to do it. I want, <laughs> I want this off my plate. I can hire you to do this for me. hundred percent. Yeah. We handle everything A through Z. So just the entire process we discussed, you could implement. Yep, basically from all identification, outreach, sending out the product, tracking organic posts, reaching out for content rights, reformatting the content, captioning the content, getting the content into your ad account. We run ad accounts as well, so that's our other service. Um, and then our last step in our process is we send out an MPS survey to all the influencers that do receive product. MPS and net promoter score, usually for customers, but we applied it to, to influencers. And if I wanted to, but if I, I wanted to DIY it, it looks like you have a course that'll teach me this in depth. Where do I find that? Tell me about that. Uh, it's at kinship, K-Y-N-S-H-I-P dot podia, P-O-D-I-A dot com. So that's the hosting website. That just gives you details on our course. But yeah, we just poured in every template, every video, like creation lessons that we do as an agency and just wanted to give it away. So, uh, that's pretty good. And there's some quality testimonials stuck on here. And I even recognize several of the names. Yeah. Some we got to get you on there. Some good people on here. Uh, I'll pay you for a testimonial. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. That'd be inauthentic. You could not possibly pay me for but isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting though? That kind of brings up a side point. Is like you can't pay customers for reviews because it's illegal, but we think it's different with influencers. I'll just leave that mic drop. Oh man, you're I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a strange distinction. Yeah. Huh. What's uh the the what what I want to end on is we are we're on video. I can see your whiteboard behind you, and there's a quote on there. It says, be quick, but not in a hurry. John Wooden. I, what's this, that's written on a whiteboard. What's that quote mean to you? Um, it, typically it's applied in sports. Obviously John Wooden was like a famous basketball coach. Um, so like in, in basketball, it's 
like when you're in a hurry, you make mistakes, but be quick in like decision making, you know, don't overthink things. Um, so I think it applies to entrepreneurship too, where it's like, you don't want to be hurried, but you want to make quick decisions and fail fast and don't overthink things. Um, I think that's a lot of the advantages of probably your listeners too, of like taking the leap on entrepreneurship, starting their own business, doing what you're doing, Kurt, like there's just, there's a lot of advantages of maybe, you know, people hesitate on quick decisions because they think they're, you know, they overthink it after the fact, but you end up learning so much more um, because you just made that decision and then you're better after the fact, even if it was the wrong one. So I think that's what Dr. John Wooden was getting into. I love it. He wasn't a doctor, but I just added that for fun. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) So let's see. Let's, We'll wrap it up there, but Cody Whittick, this has been uh, valuable, inspiring, and thought-provoking. I think this really makes influencer marketing and the the long-term and short-term approach and like the individual steps to it seem much more accessible, which I'm I'm thrilled to have uh, uh, to share with our audience. And if people want to learn more about you and your services, where should they go? Twitter is probably honestly the best place um, active there, so at Cody Wittick, at Cody underscore Wittick. And yeah, you can DM me and happy to connect. We can talk further about agency or a course or anything. Pick my brain, ask me free questions. I will include it in the show notes along with uh, a whole bunch of other links you mentioned. I got quite a bit of stuff in the the show notes. Uh, Tap or swipe up on the short on your phone to get to those show notes. Cody Cody Wittick, kinship.co, super valuable. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kurt. It was a lot of fun. Starting a business online has never been easier, but growing an e-commerce business is another story. With Privy, it's never been easier to grow your email and SMS lists, automate your email marketing, send on-brand newsletters and texts, and even send abandoned cart text messages, all in one app, which means no more toggling back and forth, no more managing contacts across apps, just a powerful connection between Privy's email conversion and SMS tools that lets you manage the entire customer experience all in one place. Plus, you can try Privy out for free today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify and you can sign up for your free 15-day trial. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify.